It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network. It's a Wednesday morning, and guess who we have? It's Sage Rosenfels rejoining the show after a little vacation out west to San Francisco. Welcome back. You know, it was strange being in San Francisco as it relates to this show, being that uh, one right across the bay. The Raiders will be leaving in a couple of years. Uh, so it was, in, it was interesting talking to people about that and their feelings about the Raiders leaving. And then, obviously, the 49ers really aren't in San Francisco. They're an hour south in Santa Clara. So uh, sort of the, the real Bay Area, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, it almost feels like they're about to be without football teams here pretty soon. When I think of San Francisco, I think of Mrs. Doubtfire and that big house on the hill kind of overlooking the city. That's all I've got. What are some of the other landmarks? Because I'm visiting in June, and I need to get up to speed. Yeah, I'll have to give you some restaurants, give you some spots yeah. to go to and things to do. Um, well, I think it's probably the – I think it might be the prettiest uh, American city. It, it feels really like you're in a European city. There's amazing hills, which uh, give you all these uh, great views of, of the city, of the bridges, of the water. Um and uh, there's restaurants everywhere. It's very walkable. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of tall skyscrapers uh, like, like New York or Chicago. A lot of three- and four-story buildings sort of all over town. And, um, yeah, I thought it was great. I actually stayed in an Airbnb. I like doing the Airbnb thing. And uh, I stayed in an Airbnb that was near uh, a park called uh, Alamo Park, which is uh, across the street from, I think, about four or five uh, house is called the Painted Ladies, and those Painted Ladies you have seen before because that's uh, you, you see it on Full House mm-hmm. uh, during that that sort of that shot they have of the the house. The, you know, it's like a park and looking down at those houses. So I actually stayed about a half a block away from well, what I guess would be considered the the Full House uh, house. So Sweet. you know, there's the whole Hate Ashbury thing, the uh, sort of the hippie street, uh, which is an interesting. Stroll, so it sort of turned into a little bit of a, a tourist trap, a little bit, and then Fisherman's Wharf is definitely a tourist trap, uh, big time. And then obviously there's a, there's a ton of great parks and, and nature trails, and you get across the, the Golden Gate Bridge, and there's all types of things to do outdoors. So it's a great great city to walk in. Uh, it's a great city to be outdoors in, and I got plenty of exercise the last four days in San Francisco. Awesome. I'm going there in two months, looking forward to it, hitting up a Giants-Twins game while I'm there, so I'm looking forward to that very much. I hear that's a gorgeous ballpark. Um, 
tough transition here. Don't really know how to address or process the, the morbid news of the morning as the stranger than fiction case of Aaron Hernandez uh, seems to have, I guess, some finality this morning. Aaron Hernandez is found dead in his jail cell using uh, a sheet, I believe, to hang himself. Uh, very, very disturbing, very bizarre, and a story that has taken a, a million different twists and turns. Most recently, the news that he was exonerated, uh, found not guilty on a double murder count. I guess that's the part that, that just makes me think here, Sage, is that he just got this piece of good news where he's not going to be you know, booked for two more murders, but, but then uh, this happens. Uh, it's hard to know what to think at a time like this. Yeah, it is. It is bizarre, and it's uh, it is tragic. I mean, uh, even if you feel feel no uh, pity or, or sorrow for him because uh, of what he did, uh, and and you know he had a, he murdered somebody earlier, the entire situation is is completely tragic. And um, and I guess there's no more. There's not going to be probably very many more turns to it. I think it's pretty much the end of the road, and uh, it's. it's bad situation and, and it's finally over and and uh, a lot of people died um, you know, it wasn't just one or two people it sounds like there may have been four or five mm -hmm. or so people involved in the whole situation that, that died and uh, really for no reason yeah your heart goes out to those people to the families especially of those people and the family of Aaron Hernandez because I believe he, he leaves a fiance and a daughter behind and those are the people that are that are probably feeling it most today so uh definitely a strange case glad we don't have to cover that type of news on a daily basis we get to talk about the uh diversion football and the nfl draft coming up just over one week from today not a whole lot of new developments while you were gone to be honest sage the vikings are still you know at pick 48 we're still wondering who's going to be there on the board in the second round the NFL team reporting for their off-season workout phase of the season where they're going to be doing a lot of weightlifting, a lot of strength and conditioning. What are those weeks like, Sage, when you're not really playing football but you're just kind of getting in shape? Well, those are my best, my favorite times really of the year. You're, you're just working out and focusing on your body and your strength and your agility and quickness and, and really getting the best shape possible. You know, once you start those OTAs, uh, just naturally you just don't, Quite put the same amount of energy uh, into your you know, weightlifting sessions and your workout sessions, and so you know that those times when you're just uh, coming into work every day, uh, lifting weights, going out in the field and, and, and running, and, and those types of things, and then you know the quarterbacks and receivers get together and you're throwing routes and getting timing and and those types of things, and and uh, you know probably meeting as well uh, for maybe uh, an hour or two with your, your with your position coach. Uh, so, you know, the quarterbacks meeting with uh, Kevin Stefanski and and, uh, and then probably going over some wrinkles in the offense, watching probably some film from last year. So it's a nice time of the year. There's not uh, a lot of stress. Uh, there's, you know, there's no game coming up and you're just working and trying to improve your, your level of play. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are those non-mandatory? Uh, they are non-mandatory, but I don't, I always felt like they were mandatory. Um yeah, they were they were not required by the rule, uh, but I believe almost everyone's always there. I mean, on every team I was on, some teams you had 100% uh, 
uh, uh, 100% rate of, of participation. And at the worst, other teams I had on you maybe had about 95 or or 90% participation. So just about everybody is there on the team. You know, sometimes you'd have some superstars that you know Jared Allen that wouldn't show up too much, or maybe Adrian for some of the off-season stuff. But if there was no TA or mini camp, uh, even the superstars are usually all there. You answered my next question. That I was going to wonder if you feel that the pressure from the coaches to be there for every event. And if I'm a player, of course I'm going to be there. Why would I put my status with the coaching staff at stake to uh, not show up and work out and, and hang out with the guys? It seems like a no-brainer. So that's what the Vikings are doing right now. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash You wrote a story, Sage, a very good story, thescore.com. You're evaluating every team's need at QB, starting with the AFC. Why don't you take us through it? You break it down into teams that don't need a quarterback. I think those teams are obvious. Upgrade needed, but good enough for now. You know, you've got your Flacco's, your Tannehill's, and then you've got uh, near the end of the road category, and then we need somebody now. It's a fascinating way to break it down. Who do you think is in the most urgent spot as far as quarterback need? Uh, probably the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, they really need a quarterback, but they're not going to draft one right away. Uh, there's just nobody that's that good to uh, that, that deserves the number one pick in the draft. I'm sure they go after Miles Garrett, is my guess. Um, and uh, the San Francisco needs a quarterback. Brian Hoyer's their only real quarterback. The Jets uh, only have uh, Josh McCown as their quarterback. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones uh, out there, but yeah, I, I, I went through the whole NFL and it was sort of a, a sort of broke down of, of you know what is your starting quarterback's needs on, on your favorite team, and uh, it does seem like there was four different categories. Like we've got a great player, you know, Green Bay has they're they're not looking for a quarterback in the draft. Detroit's not looking for a quarterback in the draft. Uh, even New England uh, probably won't, at least not high in the draft. You know, somebody come in and start. Uh, my next level was, you know, we, we've got we've got a starter, but he needs to play well, play better, uh, or else we might be moving on in the future or, or whatever. And then there's an interesting, you know, Joe Flacco has not played well uh, the last couple of years since Gary Kubiak left and went to uh, Denver as the head coach. Um, you know, guys like Ryan Tannehill need to play better. Um, so there's a mix of those, sort of the, that level of player. And then you've got uh, you know older guys who are still playing a pretty good level, but you know pretty soon they're going to probably probably uh, retire and be done. Uh, you have you know those guys like Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, uh, Drew Brees, uh, all in that mix. Uh, and then this, the, my last crew was you know, we we desperately need a starting quarterback, and those were teams like the the Jets and the Browns and uh, the Texans uh, is one of them, and uh, and the New York Jets. So. Uh, teams need some quarterbacks out there for usual. Uh, there's old players retiring. There's teams that just don't have a quarterback, and there's a lot of teams that need to have their quarterbacks play much better this year. Maybe you're not allowed to tease this because I know you have the story coming in the next day or two, but what category do you have the Vikings in? 
Yep, I had the Vikings in uh, do not need a quarterback, but the quarterbacks need to play better uh, category. So, uh, and and they were one of a sort of a, a couple teams that were sort of hard to categorize because they have an unusual quarterback room with sort of two starters in there. You know, if Teddy comes back, he's got to play, you know, better. Obviously, he hasn't played in a couple of years. You know, Bradford can definitely play better, but really the offensive line needs to play a lot better so he can play better. So, you know, they need to run the football and those types of things. Uh, the other team was Washington. You know, Washington, yeah, they got their starter, Kirk Cousins, but you know, he, they might, they could possibly trade him on, on draft day to, say, San Francisco or something like that. Nothing would surprise me in Washington's situation. And so, yeah, I had the Vikings as, you know, they've got two starting quarterbacks. They just need to play better football form going forward. And, and if they don't, in the, you know, the next couple of years, they'll be looking for another quarterback. You mentioned a few minutes ago Miles Garrett, likely number one pick in the draft. Have you seen much on Garrett? What do you think makes him special, the Texas A&M kid? It seems like a ferocious pass rusher. I think it's just his physical you know, ability. He's just you know, one of those sort of physical freaks, and, and it seems like the, every year or every couple years there's a guy you know, just like him. Uh, you know, there's Jadavian, Jadavian Clowney and, and you know, Mario Williams when I was in the Houston Texans. And, and, uh, and there's just this, you know, occasional super athlete uh, that as a defensive end just looks like an all-pro waiting to happen. And I think Miles Garrett sort of has that build and that motor and that athletic ability, that strength to be a pretty dominant defensive end. Sorry, some autoplay video. Yeah, you know, it feels like Cleveland can't really screw this up. They've had a lot of failed first-round picks past few years, but I don't know how they messed this up. They've got a, a clear-cut defensive stud in their hands, and I almost sympathize with Cleveland. I hope that things work out for them because they're set up so beautifully with so many picks. If they can get the quarterback situation squared away and just retain the same coach for a couple of years and build this youth movement... I think there's potential there in Cleveland to, to do something great if they have the right people managing all that youth. Yeah, they've really messed up. You know, a lot of teams have. Indianapolis has been terrible in the draft. Uh, you can go back and look at their drafts of the last few years under, uh, I think it was Ryan Grigson, were terrible. But, you know, Cleveland has, I think, 20 or so picks or something in the next, like, uh, two years or something like that. So they've got all these draft picks. I really have always liked Hugh Jackson as a – as a head coach, I mean, going back to 2001, it's a long time ago, but my rookie year, uh, Marty Schottenheimer up in Washington, we hired Hugh Jackson to be our running bass coach. <clears throat> so I've known him for a long, long time and, and you know, always very well respected by, by quarterbacks, by running backs, by other coaches. Uh, I think he did a, a fairly good job in Oakland uh, during those years in Oakland uh, when Al Davis was still alive and was still sort of running that team. And, and uh, that, I'm sure that was a challenge for a head coach to play for him. Uh, and they were and they were pretty good. They were pretty solid. Uh, had some good teams. And, and obviously got fired from there. And, and he's getting other opportunities. So, yeah, they they need to be extremely patient uh, in Cleveland. Uh, they're not going to win this year. They probably won't win next year. they got to find a quarterback. they got to find a lot of players, but you know, quarterback in particular. He's Sage Rosenfels at Sage Rosenfels 18. We're talking draft. We're talking NFL. We're filling the time until the draft hits, and then we will have ample things to discuss. Who will the Vikings take, and where will they fit in this Vikings roster coming up in 2017? Draft begins in just eight 
days. Sage, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you on Friday. All right. Thanks for having me on. He's Sage. I'm Sam. As usual, it's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.